everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CVTPFL. It's Tuesday. It's August 16th. It is 2022. We have 13 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. I am joined by Eyes, Keith Eister, Eyes819 over there on just about every fantasy site there is. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Not too much. Glad to be back and uh, ready to talk a little more baseball. Got a good little slate to break down here. Lots of pitching, some offense that that we can jump on. We're going to have to talk about these Yankees. I played quite a bit of them Monday night, and they're just not scoring runs here recently. So I don't know. Are they, are they just broken? Did they trade away Joey Gallo and lose their magic touch? I don't know. All I know is I'm getting shellacked on Monday night, so I'm ready to, to move on. I'm Turning ready to page. move on. Yep. <laughs> Eric Cole... He, I mean, I even I was underweight on Garrett Cole. Didn't work out. Um, man, it's just yeah, one of those one of those slates, you know. Overweight on Julio Urias at six percent ownership, and it doesn't matter because the two teams that I built with him on there have Carrasco. So, um, that was an oops on my part. I totally did not see Kevin Ross update on that, and he clearly tweeted it out. And uh, just whiffed it, man. Whiffed it. So, you know, what stinks about that, too, is that team had a Baltimore-Toronto stack. And, I mean, they're one of the offenses that's actually doing something tonight. So, that that's what stinks about when you mess up and don't check weather. So, public service announcement. It's baseball season. It's summer. Check weather 10 minutes before lock. Um Give yourself enough time to adjust if you need to adjust, but don't make the Stevie rookie mistake. And we it was funny because we were just talking about how long um, I've been working at Rotor Grinders. And like I started playing DFS in 20, 2009. 2009 is when my FanDuel account was started. And you would think I wouldn't make mistakes like that. But hey, <laughs> we and, and everybody makes mistakes. So uh, don't do that. Don't do what I did. Because that team's solid. Uh, a lot of a lot of runs scored on that team. So, oh well, moving on. We got 13 games. A lot to talk about here on today's podcast. We're going to jump right in. We got your Chicago Cubs, Washington Nationals. Eight and a half total in this one. Cubs, a 160 favorite. Steele against Corbin. Any interest here in Justin Steele against Washington? $6,200 price tag, and he just faced this team, uh, had nine strikeouts and in six innings. So I think we have to be a little interested here. Um, Steele has definitely had his inconsistencies this year. He can get wild at times. That walk rate's up around 10%, but there is some strikeout ability there too, uh, almost 24% on the season. So low price tag, a depleted Washington offense after the trades. I, I have some interest here in Steele. I, I'm not expecting him to go out and strike out nine again, although he did strike out 10 in the start before that against Miami. So like I said, it, he has some strikeout ability. It's just whether he, he has his command and can control uh, his pitches, whether he has success on that given day. So there's certainly some risk here, um, but I, I do like this matchup for him. Two things, like the price tag at 6,200. I think that is a super fair price tag. And the second thing is I want to know who the umpire is. Um, I, I think that matters for Steele. If he can get a, a half a ball outside, down low, up high, um, I mean, it could be a huge factor for him. We know he has the strikeout ability. 
we'll see what the lineup looks like here. But I mean, there's some guys that are going to be in there. Like we know that Voigt's going to be in there. Guy that you would expect to be really good against lefties is just he's been awful against left-handed pitching this season. So not a ton of power in this lineup. 6,200 is a fair price tag. Don't know if we need him yet. It's a 13-game slate. We'll get through it. Um, but I, I think right now, I think he's in play. I think he's you know a good candidate for a win today as well with Patrick Corbin on the other side because you want to talk about someone that is struggling. Um, Patrick Corbin is a shell of the Patrick Corbin from a couple years ago. This dude is on the struggle bus. Um, do you have any interest here? Corbin at 5,800. No chance. Uh, that ERA has climbed to over seven. All of the underlying metrics agree that he's just been atrocious. Um, I think it was, I was looking five or six starts in a row. He's given up at least four earned runs. Um, yeah, just no way we can play this guy at this point. Yeah, no interest for me in Corbin. He, like you said, at least four earned runs in six straight starts. Um, they yanked him at 43 pitches against Philly the other day. He didn't even get through the first inning. That's twice in the last three games that's happened to him. Cubs aren't an offense you write home about, but they're good enough to hit Patrick Corbin here. So let's talk some bats. Obviously, Contreras, if you want to spend up at catcher today, he's 5,700, but he has a ton of upside. Wisdom, they priced up as well. It's so many times this year where like cores has been so priced down and here we got the Cubs against Washington. And of course they price these guys up. Um, one of my favorite plays today is Framil Reyes. He's 2,800. Corbin is not a huge strikeout guy. He pitches more to contact nowadays. Um, we know even with the numbers that Reyes has this season, he just crushes, you know, everything when you get a guy that can't strike him out. And then, um, Nelson Velasquez, if he's in the lineup, call up here recently. He's someone that has some pop, and he's hit left-handed pitching really well. So I'm definitely looking at some of the Cubs bats here against Washington. Yeah, I, I love the Cubs in this spot. I thought you were going to leave that Velasquez call for me, but that that you're spot on with that one. He's been typically in the lineup against lefties. Um, he's been playing a little center field even which probably isn't a long-term home for him, but the Cubs don't don't care much. They just want to get his bat in the lineup and see what he's got. And he showed showed some talent here early on. Um, love that price tag for him at 2,500. Fran Mill and his power at 2,800. Phenomenal option as well. You put those two guys in, and it's pretty easy to fit in the higher-end guys also. Contreras is going to be my favorite catcher play on the slate, even though he's expensive. Um, love wisdom against a lefty as well with his big-time power. Uh, Horner has had a, a pretty decent season. Not a guy that you think of as a big power guy. Don't love the price tag for him at 4,600, but I, I wouldn't mind him in a, in a stack. Suzuki has had his struggles here recently, but big time power there. Fly ball guy. Wouldn't mind a little bit of him. And Ian Happ at 4,300 as well. So the Cubs are going to be a team I'm full stacking. We've talked about Corbin's struggles, a couple of cheap pieces to help offset some of those higher price guys. I, I love the Cubs here. Is it Nick Madrill? Madrill? McGrill? Mad Madrigal. Madrigal. Yeah. He should hit lead he off, might, right? He might lead, he might lead off. Yep. And he has elite um contact skills against a guy like Corbin. Um signed me up at twenty five hundred batting leadoff against Corbin. Um I I'm thinking with you. I think I'm all, all aboard a cub stack here. Because you get cheap pieces to get to the wisdom contreras. Um 
plays Morel, however you want to do it. But I'm I would probably... love to play Morel, but he's yeah. probably going to hit ninth. They just won't. They haven't moved him out of there. They're kind of hiding him there a little bit, letting him adjust to the league again uh, as he's struggled a little bit. But man, that dude has power and speed. Nobody's playing him at 5100 if he's betting ninth. But I, I don't mind that. I just like the wraparound stack, right? Like you can play a, keep, a couple cheap bats to kind of make the wraparound work, and then get Contreras and get you know Reyes and those guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, Washington. What do you like here for Washington? They are also really cheap, um, and Steele hasn't given up a ton of homers this year, but he does give up the walks. So I, I've got a sl- slight interest in the stack. It's hard to find five hitters you like in this lineup. Um, you talked about Luke Voigt. He's got big power. 3800 is a fair enough price tag, even though he's struggled this season. Still don't mind some shots on him. Kind of the same story with Nelson Cruz, a guy we used to love playing against lefties. Father time finally caught up to him, it looks like. he's He's been down this season. Um, but he's fine in a stack at 3400 The guy I'm most interested in probably is Manessis at 3200 A uh, big-time power prospect with the platoon advantage against steel really like that one. Uh, Ruiz is a, ch- a cheap catcher can definitely throw in the stack too. And then Robles or Thomas, whichever one of them guys le- leads off. I think you could use them to kind of round out the stack. Yeah. Bits and pieces here. Um, Manessis at 3,200, like you said, he was someone that I was going to bring up. I don't even mind just one offing him in this spot um, yeah. because I mean, he's shown plenty of power. Luke Voigt is power or strikeouts. Um, so I don't mind, you know, potentially going there. Um, there's someone, there's someone else. Um, Abrams? No, no, no. He's, he's back in there. He's, he's lefty, lefty. 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 Yeah. Um, the catcher they've been using on like an every, every once in a while basis, uh, Trace Barrera. Barrera. Um, he has shown some power against left handed pitching in a small sample size. And it's a lot of line drive, hard contact type of power. Um, so I don't mind maybe, you know, taking a shot on someone like him. And he's actually really struggled against lefties, but he's gotten super unlucky. So he would be someone that I think you could potentially take a shot on as a punt catcher. But we're going to have plenty of catchers plays on this slate. Um, and I think Ruiz would be in there against the lefty. So. All right, moving on. We got Boston at Pittsburgh. Eight and a half total in this game. Red Sox, a 145 favorite. Nick Pavetta going up against Mitch Keller. I am the biggest critic to Nick Pavetta and the Red Sox picking him up. He's getting Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Tell me why I shouldn't look at at least playing Nick Pavetta 8K against this offense. I can tell you I stacked Atlanta a ton against him in that last start, um, and he came out and gave a pretty good account of himself. Quality start for him. Um, like his style of pitching, his fly ball lean going into Pittsburgh is a, a massive upgrade for him. Just a really tough ballpark to hit home runs in, uh, compared to his home park of Fenway. There's just no, no power threats in this Pittsburgh offense. Now they're one of the worst offenses in baseball. Like they showed some signs of life kind of in the middle of the season, right? When they called up O'Neill Cruz and, Madris and they had a couple other guys who were who were hitting well there for a while, but they have they have completely fallen off. I like Pavetta as well. Um, he just a nice price right there in the mid range. Pittsburgh not going to offer much of a threat. I think he gets easily through six innings here with 
upside for maybe seven. Uh, I think he can throw up seven or eight Ks against this offense too. So, I mean, I love this ballpark upgrade for him. I'm interested as well. I'll tell you this. This is easy for me. If Pavetta is chalk, I'm easily fading him. But if he doesn't get a ton of ownership today at 8K and the fact that he's been pitching terrible recently, and has he though? He He's faced Atlanta, Milwaukee, Cleveland, New York in four of his last five starts. And we can go on to say New York, Tampa, Toronto. Um, I mean, when he was getting some easier matchups this year, he was crushing. So he has the ceiling. He's a fly ball pitcher. And he should really benefit from pitching in Pittsburgh today. So at 8K, I think he's super playable. Um, Mitch Keller, he's not a huge strikeout guy. Really got to be able to attack this Red Sox lineup. And Red Sox lineup is not the best lineup by any means. But I think they're good enough for me to say probably going to pass on Keller. And I I read a report uh, yesterday that stories traveling with the team and Kiki Hernandez is supposed to be activated off the aisle before this game. So getting a couple pieces back. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be a pretty big deal for this Boston offense, um, getting those two guys back. I think you you nailed it with the strikeouts. So Keller has like his stuff graded out really well as a prospect, and he just has not shown that strikeout ability in his young career. So I, I think I would much rather play Steele um, in the same price range with a better matchup. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably pass on Keller here. I don't really have a ton of interest in the Boston bats because they are super expensive. They're going to ballpark downgrade. Um, Hosmer's 3,300, but I, I just don't see myself using him at first base. If I, if I think I'm playing anybody, it's probably just paying up and getting Devers because um, he is good enough to hit two home runs on a slate and win you a slate. Yeah, Devers would be the guy I want. Um, Keller has been decent enough just with no strikeout upside. So I kind of agree with you. I'm not terribly interested in Boston. Um, If this game were in Fenway, it might be a different story. But tough ballpark. I do like Devers as a one-off for a home run, though. And then on the Pittsburgh side, I mean, it's always like one of those spots where if you want to play a one-off or chase a home run or something, Pavetta gives up plenty of home runs. Um, So if you want to attack like a a one-off home run with somebody i mean you could i just don't know who to like i mean reynolds maybe o'neill cruz maybe um they're cheap they're under 4k so maybe you're potentially looking at you know guys like that but you really want to play like guys that have the power to hit the home runs uh because that's that's where you're going to beat pavetta yeah i don't have a, a ton of interest here reynolds isn't a huge home run guy cruz has had his struggles here recently um I, those are the two that I, I would look to first, um, but not a ton of interest. Uh, I think we can find some better spots on the slate. Do you all see why we like Pavetta today? Ugh. Yeah. I mean, Ben Gamble, I don't I don't think Gamble's hitting home runs. Uh, Michael Chavis, maybe. He's, he's minimum price. Hey, yeah, revenge. This, this lineup. Revenge. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh. Moving on, though. We got Tampa at New York. I mean, a series that matters. Talked about it yesterday on Grinders Live. With Garrett Cole going up against Tampa, I mean, I thought the Yankees bats were going to show up, but seven and a half total in this one. The Yankees, a 175 favorite. We got Springs against Cortez. Keith, it's it's early-ish to be looking at playoff scenarios 
But if you're the Rays, anytime you're playing an AL East team, the game matters. If you're Baltimore, anytime you're playing the AL East, it matters. The Blue Jays, the same. The Yankees have like a 10 game up on these teams right now. It doesn't matter as much right now. Do they want to win? Yes, of course they want to win every game. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I I can tell you this. I'm not playing Jeffrey Springs today, but man, the Yankees look terrible uh, against the combo that the Rays rolled out there yesterday with um, Yarbrough and um, Beeks. Yep. Yeah, six innings, eight strikeouts for that combo there um, on Monday night. Just thought the Yankees were in a great spot. Uh, plenty of right-handed power in this lineup. Rizzo, who handles lefties pretty well, thought they were set up for, for some good success. Um, and they just kind of dropped the ball. They're, they're getting shut out. We're in the ninth here. Looks like they're going to they're gonna hang a zero. Um, Jeffrey Springs is a better pitcher than both of those guys. He's 7,400. I don't know that... It, I'm going to go back to Springs just because of this outcome, but I don't think there's any question. The Yankees are, are struggling here offensively recently. So he's in play. It's, it's tough to play anybody against the Yankees with the, the power that they offer, especially when they're in Yankee stadium. Um, I don't, I, I wouldn't talk you off it if, if you had the stones to do it though. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd talk you off of it either. I don't think it's the best idea in the world um, as well, but yeah, I, mean, I don't I th- think, I think steel is far safer for a, a thousand less. I think Pavetta is far safer for 600 more. Like, I just don't know that we need it, but man, he, he Springs has the strikeout stuff. He can win you a slate. If, if he's on and the Yankees are struggling again, um, something to take a look at. The only thing I'm going to say is, Ninety percent of the time, I'm playing Plezak over Springs today. Yeah, good call there. I mean, Springs is getting Yankees. Plezak's getting Detroit. They're the same price. Springs is probably a better pitcher than Plezak, but look at the difference in the offense. Yeah. You know, Springs is facing Torres, Judge, Rizzo, Donaldson, Trevino, Andilharo. Just. I keep going, man. This lineup is just, it's not a hundred percent. It's still, still like if LeMayhew's back, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I could go with Springs, but again, like if you're running 150, I don't think it's the craziest idea either. Let's talk about Nestor Cortez on the other side of this game. Do you have any interest in uh, Cortez here? certainly have interest um there are definitely guys i like better than him on the slate but he he just seems to randomly pop off for these big games when he just did it in his last start against seattle um not a matchup i really liked for him but then he goes out there and he strikes out 10 i never know how to peg when he's going to blow up for these these multi, uh, double digit strikeout games um he's done it multiple times this year in tougher matchups um, Tampa Bay is a pretty decent offense that, or a pretty decent matchup uh, for strikeouts. They do strike out a little bit more against righties. So I, I don't initially just love this matchup for Cortez, but the, he certainly has that ability. Um, if he comes in low owned, I'll, I'll definitely have some exposure. He's expensive. 
really is going to come down to what lineup we see here for Tampa. If they do end up leaving like the, some of those lefties in there, they have big strikeouts. Cortez, 35% K rate against lefties under a 0.05 ISO against lefties. So Cortez is going to be all lineup based and ownership based for me. I don't think he's a terrible play depending on the lineup. And if he's low owned, he might be a great pivot play off of, you know, Woodruff sees Verlander. And some of the, I mean, today is going to be more about like cheaper pitchers for me outside of maybe, you know, Verlander and sees, I think Woodruff has a tough matchup against the Dodgers. And we'll talk about that here in a minute, but you know, maybe Cortez is more in play, but we'll have to see what his ownership looks like. Um, Bats in this game, anything on the Tampa side for you? No, there's not much to like here. Big all, uh, big ballpark upgrade for them going into Yankee Stadium, but Cortez is, is really good. Even when he doesn't have the strikeout stuff, um, he limits the walks, keeps the ball on the ground occasionally. So just just a good pitcher, very funky stuff, hard to square up. So not not much interest in the race. Yeah, I think if I was going to play anybody, it would be um, Isaac Paredes, 3,900. He has 311 ISO against left-handed pitching this season. Um, and he's run very unlucky. He has a under 200 BABIP against left-handed pitching this season. So um, some positive regression coming his way. And I think he's definitely in play here at 3,900. On the Yankees side, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Listen, Springs is good. He really is. You know, he has semi-reverse splits. He has a much lower ISO, higher strikeout rate against righties. He uses a fastball changeup combination, mixes in a slider every once in a while, but he has a very above-average changeup. So what do we do when a guy has a very elite pitch? We look at the numbers, and Judge struggles against changeups. Donaldson struggles against changeups. Torres struggles against changeups. So... I think this is a spot that I'm fading the Yankees, so they're probably scoring 10 runs today. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this game, man. Like, everything you're saying is screaming at me to play Springs. Um, Looking at the changeup numbers, um, I could honestly see why someone would take a shot on Springs today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, but I really, could really just quick, as easily. Get, really quick, I don't want to interrupt you. But I, I am curious to hear your thoughts because we are talking about the Springs. If he gets in trouble in the fourth with this game meaning something to the Rays, is he getting pulled? Yeah, I think they would have a, a pretty quick hook here. Um, they got some length out of their two guys yesterday, so bullpen is pretty rested. I, I don't think they would hesitate to pull Springs. Um, the leash has been better for Springs, but still, like you m- mentioned, every game against the ALEs for the, the Rays here is – massively important down the stretch um, as they fight for that playoff spot and the seating. So yeah, I, I do think he, he would have a pretty quick hook. That's my only concern. Looking at the change of numbers, he could dominate the spot. A lot of strikeout rates high. Um, yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on the Yankees bets? I mean, I, there's so much talent here that you, that you want to play them. Um, the price tag on Torres and Donaldson, plus their their past success against lefties really makes you want to play them. Judge is expensive, but dude has been incredible this season. Rizzo, lefty-lefty, even though Springs is slightly reversed blitz. I don't know if I want to play 5,500 for him, but 
certainly wouldn't mind that. Um, Andujar, if he's in there, is really cheap. Trevino is a cheap catching option. Or Higashioka is cheap if he's in there. Like whoever's catching, definitely have interest in them. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably end up playing a little bit of both sides. If the Yankees are super chalky, I, I'll be underweight. Um, but I do want some exposure here, a ton of upside. I'll, I might sprinkle in a little bit of springs, though, too. All right. We got Baltimore at Toronto, the game that I really liked yesterday on the podcast. And the I mean, Baltimore team definitely showed up. Vlad hit a home run, so that was kind of nice. Um, Mount Castle and McKenna, I, you know, I mentioned him on the six pack, so it really worked out. He was super cheap. We got Kramer against Alec Manoa in this one. Nine total, most places. Blue Jays, a 230 favorite. Any interest here in Dean Kramer? Not against this Toronto team. Um, decent prospect, but Toronto just. Don't strike out a ton. They take their walks. Kramer's not going to get very deep into this game, I don't think. Um, just tough matchup for him. Yeah, and the lineup got better. Springer's back. Um, yep. he, the top six is just so good now. They found a spot for Whit Merrifield with Springer back in the lineup. You know, he's adding depth to that lineup. Um, Kramer's reverse splits. He struggles with right-handed power bats. A lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact, so Ton of interest in the Toronto Bats. No interest in Kramer. We'll talk about that here in a second. Alec Manoa. 9,200. Manoa's a really good pitcher. Real-life pitcher. Um, Elite against righties. Where he tends to struggle is lefties. Probably sees three or four lefties in this lineup today. Maybe five. 9,200. Any interest here in Alec Manoa? I just I don't think there's enough upside there at 9200. Um, we've got several very solid pitchers on this slate. Just I I love Manoa. I think he's a fantastic pitcher, but that strikeout rate at 22 and a half percent basically on the season. Baltimore is a, a sneaky good offense at this point as well. Um, Rutschman has really come around. Um, Mountcastle's decent. They've got the uh, Hayes is having a good season. Santander's decent. Now that they they've got McKenna up, he he's decent. Like there's some talent on this um Baltimore offense. Mullins, I didn't mean to leave him out, obviously. Um yeah, they can get left-handed against him with Mullins and Santander and Rutschman. I don't love this matchup for him. The strikeout upside is is what I'm concerned about for that price tag. I think he's just a little bit too expensive. Um We've got plenty of uh, pitching we want to pay for, and Manoa just kind of doesn't make the cut for me today. I think he goes like 18 to 22 fantasy points. Like if I had to give him a median projection today, I would say 18 to 22. Somewhere in that range. Like his ceiling is probably still like 30. And I mean, he put up 30 against this team earlier this year. So, like, it's possible. It's just a different lineup right now. This team's hitting the ball well. They're a completely different team than they were earlier this year. He just faced this team, allowed eight hits, three earned runs, had five strikeouts, got yanked at 77 pitches because he was struggling. Um, I just think he's too expensive for not as much ceiling as you want. Kind of what Keith was just saying. Baltimore bats. Um, anything standing out to you here for Baltimore? No, I, I don't want to target Manoa. Um, I think he he's a fantastic pitcher. Um, 
it's it's not that I think he's going to get blown up here. I'm just worried about the the strikeouts. The guys you'd want against him are expensive. Mullins and Rutschman are the the two I would look to target, but they're both about five k. Uh, yeah, I, I just I, I'm not going to play against Manoa on a big slate. You hit the nail on the head. The three guys you want to play: Mullins, Santander, Rutschman, forty nine five and five one against a above average pitcher. I think this is just a spot I stay away from Baltimore today. Other side of this game, though, love Toronto today. And, I mean, they keep disappointing. Baltimore bullpen. Give them credit where credit is due. They're a top three bullpen this year. Really solid. Reason that they're staying into these games, maybe not top three. I'll say top five. They're top three in some statistics. I'll say top five overall. What are we doing with the Toronto Blue Jays bats in this matchup? I think you have to have interest here just because of how talented they are. Um, Vlad homered last night. We've seen this guy go on massive runs before. He's expensive, um, but I like this matchup for him. You talked about Kramer's reverse splits. Um, gives up a lot of fly balls, gives up a lot of hard contact to righties. And that's exactly what, what Toronto is, is, Powerful right-handed bats. Um, Springer being back is a he's in a great matchup here. Hernandez at fifty-one hundred, Bichette at forty-nine hundred. I mean, I'm I'm going to stack them a couple of different ways here because the lineup is so deep. Like there isn't a, a clear five guys to target. This lineup goes six or seven deep. Um, I, I don't love the Merrifield price, but I, I wouldn't mind him in a stack. Guriel, depending on where he's batting, if he's down in the lineup, I probably don't get there. But if he's in the middle of the lineup where we've seen him recently, I'd, I'd have interest at 4,200. Uh, whoever's catching definitely brings some power. Like th- this lineup is so deep. Um, there's really no weaknesses in it. I think you can play any of them here. Um, Kramer probably gives up a couple of home runs at least. What's good about this stack too is, I mean, they're expensive, but we have some mid-tier options today. And I mean, the top tier options are kind of in tough spots. We'll talk about that. Um, I don't know if I'd say Verlander's in a tough spot because the White Sox stink. <laughs> um, Detroit at Cleveland taking on the Guardians. Eight and a half total in this game. Guardians a two twenty favorites. We got Garrett Hill going up against Zach Plezak. Any interest here in Garrett Hill? Nope. Just doesn't have any strikeout ability. Cleveland doesn't strike out. He walks too many guys. Um, no thanks. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to spend a lot of time here. Like you said, 11% K rate, almost a 10% walk rate, really struggles with both sides of the plate, no strikeouts, a lot of contact, a lot of fly balls, no interest in him. I mean, please, X, 7,200. He's not a huge K guy. You know, I wrote up Seville yesterday on scores and odds for over four and a half strikeouts, and he ended up with 10 in this matchup. At the end of the day... I really don't care who's facing Detroit at this point. I am going to play a pitcher against Detroit every day for the rest of the season, and I'm going to come out ahead. Yeah, it's really ugly. No matter what what number you're looking at, just they Detroit doesn't have anything to offer as far as resistance on the other side. Plesak is a guy I almost never play, but it's Detroit. It's for right-handed pitching, it's the best matchup in baseball now. Um, so especially if he's, I mean, 7,200 is a very, very fair price. 
uh, for this type of matchup. So I'm in, I think he'll be a little popular, which is, I, I like the pivot up to Pavetta or down to, to um, steel. Um, but if you're going cheap in cash games, please, Zach is definitely the guy we'll see what maybe people try to spend up more than I think. And, and he comes in lower own, but I love this matchup for him. Not a guy I like to play usually, but Detroit can make me play anyone like you were saying. Do you want to take a wild guess against right-handed pitching, the projected starting lineup for this lineup? What do you think? How many home runs do you think the projected lineup has against right-handed pitching this season? Come on. Um, I think their ISO is under 150. I think, uh, I don't know, say eight, like how many home runs have they hit against righties for the entire year? The, yeah, the, 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 the nine guys in the, yeah, the projected start. I'll go 60. 37. <laughs> and the only reason it's 37 is Javi Baez has nine. <laughs> what What's their collective ISO? It's, it's really be. bad. It's yeah. it's almost a hundred. It's a little <laughs> over a hundred. And yeah, it's brutal. That's depending on like who catches, whether it be Barnhart or Haas. Um, I would assume it's Haas. Haas has the highest ISO in this lineup. It's 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 not even like joking anymore, right? Like it's not even joking anymore. You just play like Kopech, who's been struggling all year, struck out 10 on Friday. Like, this is just a lineup where it's a get-right spot. And Plezik's not a huge K guy, but he's a good pitcher. He's not great. He's good. He gets 90-plus pitches, though. Getting 90-plus pitches against Detroit at 7,200, sign me up. Could it? Could he get blown up? Sure, he could get blown up. But what's getting blown up? Three or four earned runs? Like, <laughs> there's just no... No power here. Um, and I know he just faced this team and gave up a home run. Six and a third, seven strikeouts, 23 fantasy points. 23 fantasy points at 7,200 today. Sign. Yeah, you take that all day. Yep. Any Detroit bats for you? I wouldn't mind Baez as a one-off, I guess. But no, there's just, like, I'm not stacking them for sure. There's there's not enough hitters in this lineup that I want to play. Um, don't even love the one-offs even though police does give up some home runs uh, maybe Riley green at 3,900, but yeah, not a lot to love Cleveland bats. Um, we'll note that Naylor left the game in the third or fourth inning in the second half of the doubleheader. Um, it looked like he did something in his ankle. I saw it on um, a replay when I was scrolling Twitter earlier, but looked like he did something to his ankle. So highly doubt he's in the lineup today. Ramirez is 5,900. He's obviously the top play here. But, Keith, I think this is one of those spots where Hill is so bad that with the walks and the upside here, you just kind of close your eyes and stack Cleveland and don't look at the numbers and just play a stack here because Hill with walks and the contact rate and the hard contact and the fly balls, you're just hoping the overall stack works out. And I mean, it's not going to look great on paper looking at it, but I mean, the spot is fantastic against this guy. Yeah, it really is. Definitely love Ramirez. And then Cleveland is a difficult team to stack, which is kind of what you're talking. Like there's just not a ton of power outside of Ramirez. 
but I, I agree with you. You just close your eyes and click in four or five bats. And before I, I think at the end of the night, you're looking up and they have eight or nine runs. Um, like Jimenez and Rosario feel a little bit overpriced. Even Quan, because he doesn't have any power, feels a little bit overpriced. But they're all going to be getting on base a ton. You, you talk about multiple hits and multiple runs from these guys, and, and all of a sudden you have you have the amount of fantasy points as if they were hitting home runs. So I think the stack is, is definitely the way to go. Um, Ramirez is the obvious one. And then like you said, you just kind of close your eyes and click the button on like the good thing I will say about Jimenez is he fills a second base position. Um, that is helpful. Quan at 4,300 should be leading off here. Um, you've got Ramirez behind him, driving him in. He could steal a base. So I, I think Ramirez, Jimenez, Quan is a good start. I like Nolan Jones for cheap, um, thirty one hundred. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a fun team to stack necessarily because they don't have a ton of power outside of Ramirez. But this is a great spot for them. I like the stack. Two walks, a home run, and your stack is off to the races. I mean, this is the type of pitcher you stack against. He doesn't have a big strikeout rate, and don't be afraid to throw the righties out there because. He has a 7% K rate in 92 plate appearances against right-handed hitters. So you're not going to like it on paper, but definitely look at the Cleveland Guardians today. Mets and Braves, eight and a half total here. NL divisional championship game, maybe. I mean, two of the best teams in the NL, if not the two best teams in the NL, especially with Walker Bueller going down for the Dodgers. Hated to see that. Um, yeah, big blow. Eight and a half total. Braves a 155 favorite here. Tajon Walker, Charlie Morton. Any interest here in Walker at 8,200 against Atlanta? Another pitcher that's really difficult to figure out when he's going to pop off for a crazy amount of strikeouts. Um, I, I wouldn't think it was crazy if he came out here and struck out nine Braves. Um but I don't think that I'm going to target this very much. Just too much talent on the other side there with Atlanta. Taiwan Walker, not a fun guy to play. Uh, he'll show up and, and not strike out anyone at times too. So big slate here, plenty of pitching options. I don't think we'll need to go there today. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of strikeouts in this Atlanta lineup. And one of the reasons I like Carrasco yesterday before the weather came and stuff was because there are so many strikeouts in this Atlanta lineup. They're absolutely rolling right now. They are one of the hottest offenses in baseball. He just faced this team beginning of August. He didn't even get, he got one inning, eight earned runs, seven hits, two home runs, zero strikeouts. This is a tough offense. I don't think he has the ceiling today in this matchup. So I think I'm going to pass on him. And honestly, I'm probably going to pass on Charlie Morton on the other side of this game. Um, just a really tough strikeout matchup against um, this Mets offense. And we Strider went 87 pitches, even with the delay, the delay has obviously messed him up. Um, that's not something these guys, these starters are used to, but he still, I mean, Strider is a much better strikeout pitcher than Morton and Strider only had four K's in five innings. So I think I'm passing on Charlie Morton in this matchup. I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to pass as well. The Mets are just a really tough offense to attack. Um, they don't strike out. They they walk a fair amount. They're kind of like the NL Astros. Like at, The Astros have been a team we've been avoiding in DFS because they don't strike out for several years. 
the Mets are kind of on that level at this point. Um, just a talented, deep offense. I like Morton. I, he generally has plenty of strikeout upside, but don't like this matchup. I'll, I'll go elsewhere. Yeah, I'm going to pass. And honestly, I don't even love the Mets bats here. It's just Morton's really tough to kind of play. I mean, if I'm playing anybody, it's Vogelbach, Lindor, Nimmo. I want lefties against Morton. He's really good against righties. So, I mean, I could see Vogelbach hitting a couple home runs in the spot at 4,200 and, you know, being a difference maker on the slate. I don't mind the Vogelbach call. Um, I, I think Morton's a good pitcher. Again, it's just that I think the, the strikeout outside is limited here. So, yep. I, I don't want to play a Mets against him, I don't think. No, I mean, I, I'm with you. And then the other side... We'd be fools not to say you could stack Atlanta. <laughs> I mean, this lineup, they're just scoring in bunches. Tough matchups, doesn't matter. They're scoring in bunches right now. We know that Tajan Walker is capable of having bad games. His strikeout rate's under 20% on the season. I think if you're playing Atlanta, you're stacking them because they're not cheap. A couple cheap pieces. Olsen at 47 seems cheap. Um, but yeah, I, I like the brave stack don't think i'm playing one off so you talked about a wraparound stack earlier in the the show harris um, man yeah and grissom is down there too and he's minimum price he's come up and he's looked really good he's their top prospect he's come out on fire like he's him at minimum price harris has had an outstanding season and then you get into the studs at the top of the order i love that as a way to differentiate your atlanta stack um saves you a little bit of money um, I can get on board with that for sure, but I, I'm interested in the in the whole lineup. Um, but definitely those young guys at the bottom, very interesting to me. All right, cruising along here. We got Kansas City at Minnesota. Zach Granke, Sonny Gray facing off in this one. Eight total. Twins a 200 favorites. Any interest here in Zach Granke? No, thank you. Um, just. Not enough, not enough left in the tank for Mr. Granke. Yeah, I mean, he's 5,300. He's cheap. He's coming off of one of his better games against the Chicago White Sox. Um, that tends to happen against the White Sox this year. Zach Granke has a 13% K rate. I don't want to beat around the bush. Not playing Zach Granke today. Sonny Gray is interesting. On the other side of this game, played joe ryan yesterday i haven't checked and see how that went um he wasn't doing great at the beginning so i stopped watching but what are your thoughts here on sunny gray sunny gray is a pretty decent pitcher um he just i don't know not not an upside guy in my opinion hasn't been this season um 8700 feels like just a little bit too much to ask for him uh 23 strikeout rate on the season I'm not terribly afraid of this Kansas City lineup, although Pescantino has finally figured it out, it looks like. That dude's been on fire. Um, there's some strikeouts in this Kansas City lineup now that they've traded away some guys, too. I just, I don't know. I think I would rather spend a little bit extra and get up into the top range of pitching. Um, Robbie Ray is cheap, too. I don't, I don't know how much Gray I'm going to end up with. Like, I'm not afraid of the matchup. I think Gray's a good pitcher. I just – the price seems a little bit too high for me. Yeah. I don't love the price tag at 8700 
don't hate the spot overall. Could see him putting up 25 to 30 here. He's okay. It's kind of, it's just kind of yeah, sure, but I don't know that we need yeah. it. Like there's there's a lot of good pitching on this lineup. Top four in this lineup is really good. Melendez, Witt, Perez, Vinny. The bottom five in this lineup is awful. Um it's just really and like Perez and Melendez, they strike out enough where they're not always gonna beat you. I don't know. I have mixed feelings on Sunny Gray today. If he was 7700 I would be so much more interested in playing him today. The the fact that like he has a short leash all the time does not help with the overall like ceiling. The Twins are, you know, in in the spot where they need to keep winning games, so they'll probably continue to have a short leash with him when he's getting in trouble. So I think for that reason I don't want to pay the price tag, but I I, I don't hate the matchup and Kansas City's cheap bat-wise. Um Vinny's still 2100. Just keeps hitting. I mean, this dude just keeps hitting. I think he's hit now in seven straight games, and they have yet to raise, like, his price keeps going down. <laughs> Drives me crazy. What are your thoughts here on the Royals' bets? Yeah, I mean, I, Sonny Gray, a talented pitcher. I don't think I'll full stack against him, but I. I think you can find three here if you wanted to do that. Pascantino definitely would be at the top of the list. I like Melendez and Sal Perez as well. I don't know how much I'd pay up for Bobby Witt. I, I love Witt as a hitter, but I think I'd go cheap with Pascantino. And Isbell and Prado have been in the lineup here a lot recently. Wouldn't mind um, kind of the double punt with like a Melendez or something like that. But Vin- Vinny is the one I really have the interest in. Any interest in the Minnesota bats here? Yeah, definitely. Um, Grink, I know Grinky was good last time out, but he he's still a guy that can can give up a ton of hard contact. Um, Correa at forty nine hundred is a price tag that stands out. Um, Buxton always in play, fifty nine hundred on him. Kepler has been struggling a little bit here, and Grinky has that change up to kind of minimize lefties, so tough to get to him. I don't know that I love the stack because Grinky's control is so good, but I, I do like the power righties in Buxton and Correa. Miranda is cheap as well. I could throw him in there. I was just about to say, you can make it a three-man with Miranda and chase that power. Colorado at St. Louis. Kyle Freeland, Jose Quintana facing off in this one. Seven and a half total. Cardinals a 230 favorite. Freeland is 5,600 going up against St. Louis. This is a guy that just got pummeled in cores against this offense. Not a huge upside guy. I think this is a spot I'm staying away from. Yeah, uh, St. Louis is very right-handed. Tough spot for Freeland. Definitely not playing him here. Talk me off the ledge, Keith. Tell me why I shouldn't (laughs) play Jose Quintana today. I've been saying don't play Jose Quintana for months, and he just keeps rolling out good starts. He's kind of like Martin Perez in that regard. This he's season. not going to give up home runs. Like, what was his first or second start now with St. Louis? And they let him go 103 pitching last start. Like, that helps the upside. We go from like 85 to 100, 15 extra pitches for a guy that was putting up 22 to 25. Like, talk me off the ledge. I mean, I if 
like Colorado just is not an imposing offense, um, especially outside the course. Uh, they they have hit lefties a little bit better than righties, but I don't know. Crone has not had a great season against lefties, surprisingly. Really great historically against lefties, um, but has struggled this season. Rogers has been good against lefties. There's just no talent in this this offense. Um, so I get why you have interest. I think I prefer Pavetta over him, um, which would maybe be the case. A little bit more upside, I would say, for Pavetta uh, against the, the Pittsburgh lineup. A little more strikeout ability, but Quintana's been really good. He's cheap. I'm not afraid of this Colorado matchup by any means. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I did a good, good enough job talking you off of him. I mean, I was going to play him regardless. Um <laughs> Like Colorado to start the season, they were one of the best teams against left-handed pitching. And as the season has kind of progressed here, they have struggled. Um, you know, Connor Joe got off to a super hot start. He's not even been in the lineup here recently against left-handed pitching. Um, just he has just been awful. Um, one hit in his last like five or six games. I just think Quintana goes out and throws six to seven quality innings, maybe a one run allowed and strikes out five to eight. Again, the mid tier is kind of solid today. So I think Quintana is, is playable. And honestly, I don't even love the Rockies in this game. The seven and a half total tells me everything I need to know about my thought process for this game. Yeah, that that was a really good point there. Um, Low total, especially with Freeland on the other side. Um, and the, the Cardinals being favorites. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, the odds makers are definitely telling us Quintana is set up in a good spot here. I will play a, a little bit of Colorado just because I can't believe Quintana is going to keep doing this. Um, Rogers is really expensive. He's the one that I would want to target. Don't mind Grichik at 4,400. Montero is my favorite option um, at 3K. Maybe I just play Montero by himself and, and I don't mess around with the expensive guys. Um, but I do want some exposure to Montero. St. Louis, I mean, obviously Goldschmidt Arnato, they are just so good against left-handed pitching. And Arnato's cooled off a little bit recently, but I mean, both of these guys are hitting the ball really well over the last month and really all season. They're expensive, but I mean, De Jong is 4,100. He's going to offer a little bit of salary relief um, to the stack. What are your thoughts here on St. Louis? Yeah, expensive, but a really good spot for him. Um, Goldschmidt and Arenado, definitely two top options. Don't like the price tag on O'Neal. He's he's struggled a little bit uh, this season. Probably leave him out, although he, he definitely has the power to – to hurt you, but I think I would rather get the Goldschmidt and Arenado. Carlson at 4,200, I really like. DeYoung at, at 4,100, I like. Pujols, if he's in the lineup, is, is really cheap. Maybe if you can't quite get to Goldschmidt, um, could be a good way to differentiate your stack. You had that phenomenal call on, on Pujols. I think that was against Freeland, wasn't it, when you called yep. Pujols? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was... But hey, if they're popular, I mean – it was more of they were just going to be super chalky. And like we talked about it, and it worked out. He had two home runs, was it Saturday or Sunday? I remember seeing the alerts. Like, he's on a hot streak. Yeah, that was I mean, his I... only starting course, too. It was hilarious. He put up, like, 29 <laughs> fantasy points in four hits. Incredible, yeah. 
Yeah, I think St. Louis is a, is in a great spot here. So, yeah, I mean, I like St. Louis a lot today. Obviously, like checking the weather, but I'm sure it's going to be pretty hot and humid and good batting, good hitting weather here in St. Louis. So, Oakland at Texas, no total in this game. Sounds like it's going to be JP Sears, and it sounds like Colby Allard is going to get called back up to start this game he got sent back down to kind of get stretched out a little bit they did this earlier this year and still capped them around 60 pitches um let's start here with jp sears any interest in sears going up against texas i like the price tag at 6k um not terribly scared of this texas offense but the strikeouts haven't been what they were in the minors for sears um I'm trying to pull up his right now. Yeah, he's been just under 18% on the season in the majors. He has been elite with the walks under 5%. I think he's playable. If you prefer him over Steele, I wouldn't wouldn't argue with you. Um, I I like the the upside up for Steele a little bit more, I think. So and I, I don't think I want to go down here twice. I'll pick my guy and and ride with him. So probably don't get to him on the slate. He is kind of like a mini Perez Quintana. Like he is good at elite. Like he's elite at limiting power, generating ground balls and trying not to get blown up. I don't think this is the right slate for him, but I will say that if you end up on him, I don't hate it. I really, I don't hate it. Like, Probably not going to need him today. But this goes back to that conversation. Do I play him over Justin Steele? Probably not. But if Justin Steele is going to be 20% and Sears is going to be 3%, I hear you. I hear you, game theorist. I hear you. <laughs> um, Allard on the other side of this game, I know he's getting Oakland. Oakland stinks, but no chance. No chance I'm playing Allard today. Yeah, I'd be really concerned about how deep into this game he goes. Even in the minors, he didn't get over four innings, um, maybe one start, but definitely didn't get through five in any start. Four and a third, I think, was his his longest outing. Wouldn't be surprised to see them pull back the, the leash even further here. So, I mean, you're probably getting 65 pitches out of him. Um, just not enough upside with that with that pitch count. All right. Um, listen, he stinks. Let's talk Oakland bats. We don't get to talk about them very often. Murphy is in a fantastic spot. Murphy's also 4800 <laughs> It's a tough price tag. I like Piscotti at 26 I think that price tag is super fair. And Chad Pinder at minimum salary on DraftKings today. Um, you can play him in the outfield. He's 2K. I mean, this dude has made a career out of hitting left-handed pitching. And the fact that he's a ground ball guy facing a fly ball pitcher, really like Chad Pinder um, in this spot today. Not stacking them, but I could definitely see using even like a mini stack maybe of these cheap bets. Yeah, I like the Pinder call. 4,800 for Murphy is is tough. Um yeah, I, I think I would. I would, I'll stick with the cheap guys. Piscotti's fine. Pinder, Pinder, I really like. So, agreed. Not not a stack situation for me either. Not enough. Not a talented enough offense. Um, so yeah, just a cheap home run possibly. And then on the Texas side, 
I don't know what to do with Texas in this spot. Um, Garcia Heim, even like Seager hits left-handed pitching well. You could play him against the lefty. Heim would be another catcher. I mean, catcher is kind of a position that's loaded today with a lot of power. This might be a day that like I find another position to kind of punt because catcher just it seems like it's a really loaded position today. Yeah, I like that Heim call a lot. Generally, we'll be hitting in the middle of the lineup uh, against a lefty. Um, wouldn't mind some Garcia. Simeon is, has been hitting much better here recently. So probably just a three-man on Texas for me. I think Sears is a talented pitcher. Not a t- ton of talent on the Texas offense outside of the, the guys we kind of mentioned there. So just a three-man, I think, at most for me on Texas. But I, I'd really like the Heim call. i I'd do Simeon and Garcia. Wouldn't mind Seager lefty-lefty if you prefer that. Houston at Chicago. Taking on the White Sox. Justin Verlander. Dylan sees seven total. Astros, a 125 favorite. The two, Probably the two most talented pitchers on the slate. Verlander's 10-6. The White Sox have not been great this season what are we doing with justin verlander today it's a big big ask on that price tag um especially with with the other guys we've talked like the mid-range i think there's a lot of upside Uh, robbie ray for a thousand less is in a great spot i'm not sure i'm I'm gonna play verlander let me get that get, get it started there the ownership is gonna be key if he's really highly owned i could see an underweight stance um, if he's low owned, I could see going overweight on him. Um, this, I, I don't think the White Sox are very good either. They certainly haven't proven it. Um, I don't know what the issues are in Chicago there, but now they're dealing um, Anderson on the the IL. Robert is banged up again, and just there nobody has really been good. Jimenez has been hitting better, and he's probably the biggest threat outside of Abreu. But I, I mean, this is a great spot for Verlander. I think. I don't love the price tag because the strikeouts have been down a little bit. Like he 25% K rate isn't generally enough for a, a pitcher in the mid 10 K range. Um, but I do like this matchup for him against the white Sox. Uh, it's going to be dependent upon ownership. Dylan sees the other side at 10, four, arguably even one of the best pitchers in the second half of the season so far. Um, tough matchup against Houston. What are we doing here with Dylan C's? I my first inkling is this is a spot I want to fade him against a, a tough Houston offense that doesn't strike out a ton. Cease is certainly one of those guys that has the stuff to go out there and strike out 10 in any matchup. I just Robbie Ray in a much better spot. I prefer Verlander despite the lower strikeout rate on the other side, um, just because I like his matchup a lot better. Houston is dealing with some injuries. Uh, let me see. Um, Pena got scratched yesterday, and Altuve sat out. Was Altuve just rest, or was that an injury? I'm trying to figure that. Out. Looks like just rest for for Altuve. So Altuve should be back in there. Depends on on Pena, I suppose. I don't know. He's still got to deal with Tucker and Alvarez. Bregman has has been hitting better here recently. This is this is a tough matchup. Um, like I said, Cease can win any matchup, but. I know I want to play some Ray. I know I want to play some Verlander. I'm not sure how much is left over for Cease in a tough matchup, but unless he comes in super low owned, I probably end up underweight on him. 
Yeah, his Houston's on one of those like crazy streaks of like one or two days off in the last like 20 days or something. So wouldn't be shocked if like someone else gets a day off here today and they just kind of rotate around, um, which could potentially help seize. So check the lineup. Seize a huge strikeout guy. It's power against power. I mean, it's a low strikeout team versus one of the best strikeout pitchers um, this season. I, I think both these pitchers are in play. I like Verlander more. I have no interest in the bats. I have zero interest in the bats in this game. I want to play zero bats. If there's anything you want to talk about, go ahead. If not, we're going to move on. Nope. We can totally move on. I agree. Two most talented pitchers on the slate. Love the under in this game. It's currently at seven. When we wake up tomorrow morning, it's probably six and a half. Um, I think this line moves quick. Dodgers and Brewers. Eight and a half total in this one. Brewers, a 125 favorite, which is crazy um, against the Dodgers. But hey, if you look at the pitching matchup, that's why Ryan Peapot, Piot, Piot. Um, we P-O. talked about this. Yeah, P.O. <laughs> we, we talked about this the other day and it messed me up too. Um, and then Woodruff, let's talk Ryan P.O. Um, <laughs> I don't think I could do it today. He's shown some upside ability and we know he's talented i mean he's here to stay now with walker bueller injury so i feel like he's gonna get that like dodgers kids gloves until the playoffs now (laughs) yeah it's gonna be 85 pitches is kind of what we're dealing with here i need to see that price come down i'm i'd be interested in playing him on a different slate or at a cheaper price tag, but we've talked about a lot of guys in that seven, eight K, even a couple six K guys. We wouldn't mind today. I think there's just too many other options on the slate. I'd like to match up for him against Milwaukee, but with only 80, 85 pitches to, to work with, um, it limits his upside despite his big strikeout ability. Yeah. I mean, just overall a tough matchup and the walks when he gets his command down and like these walks start to, start to work themselves out i'll start playing him more um but a a guy that like can give up two or three walks in one inning and then give up a home run and like his whole day be shattered just no interest at 9k for me in that woodruff's 10-1 he's getting the dodgers i mean he could beat the dodgers he has the talent to beat the dodgers he's been way better at home this season than on the road this lineup is just so tough to beat. They don't strike out a ton. They walk a lot. They have a ton of power. They hit the ball super hard. I just, they hit fly ball. Like Woodruff struggles against power lefties. He gives up 42% fly balls on 40% hard contact. And that's not a problem you want to have against the Dodgers offense with Freeman, Muncie, Bellinger. I'm going to pass on Woodruff today. If he beats me, he beats me. Yeah, super risky spot for Woodruff. Um, I I was going to say it wouldn't surprise me if he went out there and struck out a bunch, but it, it kind of would. Um, I think that they get to him and they just they like you said they don't strike out, they walk a ton, so they're gonna they're gonna push that pitch count, and it's just really hard to have a ceiling game when you're you got guys working the count against you falling off pitches, not striking out. It's just a super tough offense to target. So I agree. I don't think he gets deep enough into the game. Um, he's he's going to be low-owned. The, the, like we've talked about so many pitchers on the slate that are in play. 
I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Woodruff under 5% just because of this matchup. I don't think I can do it still, though. Dodgers are too tough. And that's not to say that I want to stack the Dodgers here. They're super expensive. It's a tough matchup. I'm probably passing on the Dodgers bats, too. I just kind of hope this is a low-scoring game. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think Woodruff gets blown up by any means, but I could see him giving up three runs in five innings type of thing. Just he, It's not a spot he can have a ceiling start, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think the Dodgers beat him up either. So, agree. Like, the Dodgers are super expensive. Woodruff is, a, is an outstanding pitcher. Um, probably just pass all around. Let's uh, let's talk Milwaukee bats. Anything standing out to you here? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can definitely attack Pepio because of that walk rate. Um, he'll he'll put some guys on base, and if he gives up a long one with with a couple of base runners, they're certainly in play. Uh, Tellez, I think, would be my first look. Forty nine hundred. Uh, don't mind Renfro at forty six hundred. Yelich is fine. Adamas is fine. But I tell us, I think would be the main guy I'm targeting here. Um, just a, a stack outside of that. You know what? Let me look up uh, his fly ball rate and thing like things like that. I'm not sure what his home runs looked like in the minors. Um, but yeah, I mean, just because of that walk rate, I'm going to have interest in the stack either way. Um Looks like he was about average on as far as a ground ball to fly ball guy in the minors. He has been very fly ball heavy in the in the majors so far. So yeah, probably gives up a couple of home runs. That walk rate probably get a couple of guys on base. I've, I've got quite a bit bit of interest in in Milwaukee actually. Yeah, I mean you can get a nice little three man stack going here with some power upside, the walks potentially there, and then a big inning happening. Um, Prices are kind of fair, too, for some of these power bats. So, yeah, they're not cheap, but they're not overly expensive either. So definitely don't mind a little mini stack here. Seattle at LA taking on the Angels. Seven and a half total here. Mariner is a 175 favorite. Robbie Ray, Jose Suarez. Uh, any interest here in Robbie Ray at 9,500? Yeah, this the Angels offense is just brutal. Uh, they strike out a ton. Robbie Ray has has big strikeout ability. Uh, Seattle is pushing towards the playoff. I think they're they're going to ride Robbie Ray. They let him go 115 his last time out. I like like this matchup quite a bit. Um, price tag is is fair for the matchup in my opinion. I think he's the top pitcher on the slate. Yeah, I really do. Um, and I mean, I also said Luis Castillo was the top pitcher on the slate yesterday, and that's not working out kind of um he's pitching okay he's getting some strikeouts finally ray 9500 i mean otani lefty they potentially give him a day off here after pitching i highly doubt they do but they could fletcher is a low strikeout guy renifo is a low strikeout guy the rest of the lineup strikes out a ton um, doesn't matter who's in there. They they don't walk. And like Fletcher and Renifo, they're gonna put the ball on the ground. So it doesn't like it, they're not gonna necessarily crush you either. So I think Robbie Ray cruises here, put up 29 fantasy points against this team earlier this month. He has big ceiling. He's done it a couple times against this team this year. He has 35 and 29 in the two starts against them this year. I think he's the top pitcher on the slate. I, I really do. 
And the other side, Suarez, I mean, I'm going back to my ways. I don't think you want to play pitchers against Seattle. I said this with Otani yesterday. He ended up not being like super chalk. So, I mean, my take was just, you know, if he's super popular, you don't have to play him in this spot. What are your thoughts here on Suarez? I'll be passing on Suarez here. Um, I, I prefer the Seattle side of this. Uh, they're just, good, right? Like, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm with you. Hanniger's back now, too. Like, Rodriguez, France, Hanniger, Suarez. Like, that's not a four you want to face as a starting pitcher right off the bat. Like, Cal Riley has power against lefties. They could potentially get Casali in there with Riley using the DH. Um, you know, depending on how it works out, like he has power against lefties. Like, I think this is a really tough spot for Jose Suarez. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I actually like the Seattle stack quite a bit. Like Suarez will give up plenty of fly balls, plenty of hard contact. So they're cheap. I mean, Rodriguez is 55, but everybody else is super. Like, this is a really doable stack today. Yeah, I, I'm interested. Um, like Julio is having an awesome season. Suarez at 4,600, huge power. Love that one. Uh, Hanniger at 3,900, absolutely love. Uh, Kyle Lewis at 2,800. Um, definitely pretty easy to make this stack work with those value baths. Don't even mind J.P. Crawford, lefty-lefty at 3,400. Um Ty France at 4,400. Great option. I, I like Seattle. I'm with you. I don't like the Angels. There's nothing that I want to play here. Maybe Taylor Ward is a one-off, but I don't even think I get to him today. Yeah. I'm going to have a ton of Ray, so I'm I'm out on the Angels also. We finish it with the Diamondbacks and the Giants. Eight total pick'em game. Kelly against Junis. Any interest here in Merrill Kelly? Merrill Kelly has been really good here recently, but 9,600 is it's an outrageous ask for Merrill Kelly. Um, don't mind the matchup. Just too big of a price tag. He's going to have a lot of trouble paying that off. You got Ray right there. Far more upside for Robbie Ray with his matchup. Um, he's just too expensive today. Kelly needs right-handed heavy offenses. He generates more ground balls, less walks, higher strikeouts, limits power more against righties, and you're just not going to get that against the Giants. They're going to platoon as much as they possibly can against you. Um, I mean, with their contact skills and their walk rates, like, you can't pay 9600 for Kelly today. Could you? Sure. I mean, he put up 34 against this team, you know, not too long ago, but also like this is his fourth time facing this team since July 1st. Um, they've seen him a lot recently. I think this is a spot you stay away from Kelly and Jacob Junis on the other side of this game, not a huge strikeout guy. Arizona is a, a lineup that can make contact. I, I think Junis is a guy you stay away from as well. Yeah, I'll be passing. Um, doesn't go super deep into games. Um, 61 pitches his last time out. He did get up to 79 the time before that, but we, we've talked about I'd, I'd rather play steel and, and Sears ahead of him for sure. They're both a little bit cheaper. Like if you're, if you're going cheap, um, there are better options today. Bats, anything on the Arizona side here? Um, man, they're like, 
Rojas, Varsho, Walker, all really expensive. Even Alec Thomas's price has come up. I don't like the pricing on Arizona, honestly. McCarthy at 3300 is fine. Um, I could play some Alec Thomas at 4100 but I don't love it. Varsho and Rojas over 5K. I just I don't see myself getting to, to the full stack with as expensive as they are. Tough ballpark for home runs, too. Yeah. And honestly, like even the Giants side, Yaz at 3,300 makes some sense here against Kelly. But honestly, I hope this is just a low scoring game where pitchers don't go crazy. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, Belt at, at 3,200. Like he, and he's one of the, like the Giants are so frustrating because they pinch hit so much. It's really hard to stack them. Um, Belt is generally a guy that survives the, the platoon nonsense. So don't mind him at 3,200. Uh, but yeah, this, this team's just becoming almost unstackable with how much they're pinch hitting. All right, let's play the morning grind game. And then we will get out of here under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got today? Uh, I'm going to go to Justin Steele against this Washington team. I like it. I'm going to go Zach Plesic because he's facing Detroit. I don't care who it is facing Detroit. I'm playing <laughs> over AK to score under 15. Who is your bust today? Um, Ryan Pepio is eventually going to be really good, but he just doesn't quite have the leash here. He doesn't have the control figured out. I'll go Pepio. I'm going to go Charlie Morton against the Mets. They're just a really low strikeout team. I mean, both these pitchers in this game, Walker and Morton, I don't think either one of them get there today. Give me a guy over 4,000 to hit a home run today. I'm going to go Eugenio Suarez, little Suarez on Suarez crime. I like it. (laughs) I am going to go Paul Goldschmidt because this dude is crushing the ball this year, and I have a one-of-one card of Goldschmidt that I would really like to sell, and I would really like to see him have like an insane season and like get some kind of award where his cards go up. Um, so He's got a shot at the MVP. I know. I don't want to jinx it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Under 4K to get two hits. What's a cheap bet that you like today? Um, I'm going to go Nelson Velasquez at 2,500 against just Corbin. He just does not have anything left. has been getting torched here recently. So really like him today. I'm going to go Mitch Haniger. We talked about Seattle. I think they're a really sneaky team today. Mitch Haniger is a really good hitter. Good to see him back. Um, and, I mean, this is a dude that's been hitting. I think he has a hit in every game that he's played. I don't know if he has a hit against Otani tonight or not, but um, I know coming into the game, every game that he's played since coming back, he's had a hit. So, Haniger is really good. And Seattle is sneaky good. Stack to score six or more runs today. I'm going to go with my Cubs to beat up Corbin. I think they hit a couple of home runs off him. He's given up a ton of runs here recently. It's not even a homer pick. That's a, that's <laughs> yeah, a, in a great Corbin spot is just really bad pick. That's what that yeah, is. For sure. Um, again, we talked about this. Close your eyes, stack Cleveland. Hope it works out. Hill is not good. It's not going to look good on paper, but you're just stacking against the pitcher and hoping it works out. So I'm going to go Cleveland Guardians as my stack today. Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I like that one. I thought you were going to go Seattle. I really like Seattle today too. So um, just wanted to get that one out there. But that that's all I got. Nice big slate here for us on a Tuesday. Um, should be a fun one. All right. That is going to wrap it up 
for Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. See you then.